Welcome to the SPU Voices podcast, an interview show where we hear personal stories that have universal impact. My name is Amanda Stubbert. I'm your host, and I am the alumni director at Seattle Pacific University. This is my producer. My name is Kyle Brown, and I am an alumni of Seattle Pacific University. I am also an alum of Seattle Pacific, and I'm a current parent, so we're pretty attached to this place. But the best part of our job is that we get to hear these stories that actually change lives. So whether you are working out or sitting at your desk pretending to work, sit back and relax. Let's tell some stories. Today we have Laura McGregor with us to talk about how a family business grew from a small cheese importer to a major food distributor, feeding their community and their family dynamic along the way. This is a very lactose-tolerant episode. Ugh, such a cheesy joke. If you work in a business or have a family, this is the episode for you. Laura Leiden McGregor runs the Peterson Company alongside her brother, an importer of European specialty food products. The Peterson Company was built by her father and uncle as an importer of Scandinavian cheeses, but has gradually expanded sourcing specialty food products locally and internationally. Today, they are a major regional food distributor in the Northwest, employing just over 250 people in Washington, Oregon, and New Jersey. Laura, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for asking me. I'm happy to be here. It's always fun to have you hanging around. Uh, how about we start with just giving us a snapshot of, of your family business? How does a family end up in a cheese business? That's a great question. Um, I My dad wanted to go into real estate, but it wasn't a good time in Seattle years ago. So he visited his great uncle, who happened to be very sick. I'm really making this a small story. And he was helping clean up after his uncle had to go to the hospital, helping clean up this little tiny uh, warehouse, really tiny, like a thousand square feet, more like a garage. Yeah. And the phone rang and it was a lady in Ballard that was asking about her fish balls. And uh, (laughs) my dad, who had grown up behind a grocery store, um, his parents had a tiny grocery store in Auburn. Um, He delivered the fish balls. And then the word got around in the Scandinavian community. There was this young man who had kind of taken over by happenstance his uncle's company. And there there were cheeses in, in that little warehouse. And so he just started delivering and called his brother and said, come on, help me. We're really doing well. And Long story short, he discovered he had great licenses to import cheeses, and that was a really niche market, and he's very smart, and the licenses are not easy to come by, and so he just capitalized on that. And we have way more than just cheese. We have a lot of items, um, but that's kind of what we've been known for, and, and we send people overseas, and they find amazing things. But anyway, my dad, that's how you get into the cheese business, I guess. Okay, that's amazing. But I also understand that it wasn't just this side that was family business oriented, that mm-hmm. that your dad was buying from very specific families that yes. had generation, were yes, generational cheesemakers in Europe, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, when he discovered he had these licenses, because I think back when he very first started, he only had, t- they only had 10 lines of cheeses or 10 different types of cheeses. And then when he discovered he had these licenses and he would go overseas, he'd make these relationships with people that he still has today that he's passed down to my brother and I, I, I love it. So I, I try to do it a lot and we, yeah, we just keep continue these friendships that we've had for years with cheesemakers and importers overseas. And he's been very careful. He really vets out. He always vetted out who he was buying from and how they produced. And he would visit their farms and wow. um, their manufacturing plants. And we still do that today, obviously. It's it's a really 
it's really special. Yeah. It must be getting more difficult though to run a business that way, isn't it? Aren't things becoming more and more automated and and bought sure. up by larger companies? Sure. Yes, that does happen. And I think something that puts a damper on a lot of the importing, well, not a lot, but something that could put a damper on it is just a lot of the rules and regulations that are made to keep us all safe. And I get it. But when you go back, like there's a family that's been doing business um, for 400 years, they've been cheesemakers. And in Europe, it's actually really common. It had been very common. Like if your father was a cheesemaker, then you just knew I'm going to be a cheesemaker. Mm-hmm. And that's changing and has changed in like the last generation. Um, anyway, when the way that they make cheese, which is extremely safe and wonderful, but it doesn't maybe follow the protocol, it's harder to get things here and okayed by the FDA. And, sure. And it's kind of a double-edged sword. You appreciate the safety component of it, but right. it's very frustrating because you say, actually, no one's ever gotten sick in 400 years. They really know what they're doing and they really care. But yes, they might not take off their muddy boots or, you know, something in the entrance way, I, whatever it might be. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make it seem really simple. It's not. But so it, do, it is harder to answer your question. To, and I can imagine a lot of the regulations, it can be hard to even match those, even legally match up what's in the regulation with what's actually going on. I've seen some photos of you on some of those trips, mm-hmm. um, like literally going down into a cave yes. to see where yeah. cheese is being aged. Yes, yes. It that's looks amazing. very Lord of the Rings to me. <laughs> it's <laughs> Lord I, of the che- I, Rings of Cheese. Okay, and that's I've lost. That's a relationship. Dad, Dad went um, to this cheese show, and I use that really lightly. I think it was twenty, twenty-five years ago, and found this young cheesemaker that had his family had done it for years and loved his cheese, and um, invited him to come to Auburn, Washington. Really exciting. to show our company the cheese 20 years ago. And yeah. it is just an amazing cheese. And so he forged a wonderful relationship with that family. And I go and visit them all the time, bring my daughter and visit them and go into the caves where they age it. And it, it's, it, it is surreal, I have to tell you. And they're so generous and down to earth and they sell an incredible amount of cheese and do wonderful business. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty surreal when you just sit down at their kitchen table and you're just talking yeah. about stuff and they're just amazing so that that part of the business is pretty right and a family business like here we're sitting here talking about this because it's amazing that you are teaching your kids about a business that may someday be third generation that's a big deal here in seattle washington but you're talking about families who have been in the same business for 400 years yeah (laughs) i think it's hard for us americans to wrap our minds around that right right Right. it is speaking of which yes i happen to know that you did not grow up saying yes cheese business for me i can't wait to be a part of that no my dad was wonderful. Both my parents were about just giving us a work ethic. That was really Uh important to them because you never know how things are going to turn out. My dad would always say, no matter what, no one can take your education away from you. So make sure you have that. And he would actually, I mean, this is weird and off subject, but he would reference like wartime when other countries would come in and like strip everybody of everything. And he'd say, if you lost everything, if you lost the clothes on, well, if you only had the clothes on your back and lost everything, they can't take away what's inside of you, Mm -hmm. which I say is your faith, right? Right. And your education. So um, that was important that that we had that and just a work ethic and so we had to work at the company when we were younger and I did a few stints I was fired a number of times (laughs) which you know deservedly so I was it was um yeah I was kind of a troublemaker and um I I feel bad for all the people that had to put up with me and train me and work next to me but at the same time it helped me develop a thick skin and at the same time I said well I'm never going to be the boss's daughter like I'm going to forge my own way I don't want anyone to look at anything I have materially in my life and Uh think that I got that 
because I was given that. Um, also, some people were kind of grumpy with me at work, and I didn't. I just didn't want that stigma. I guess yeah. I didn't believe in nepotism, whatever. Right. Um, so I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm gone. Goodbye. And I think that was really hard on my dad in a way because sure. you build something for your kids now. I get it better, but you build something and you want them to take advantage of all your sweat equity, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of give you the bird or whatever maybe I shouldn't say that but they like turn their back or just like I'm not I don't I don't appreciate what you know right Um, but at the same time that was really good and really important that I did that so for me and I think for the business too if we can go into a little bit of a personal story of the time where you said that's not for me I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. and yet still the installation of education is really important and and what goes in um, will be with me for the rest of my life instead of running away as a rebellious teenager you went to brazil did you not i did yeah without speaking a word of portuguese that's true that's true um right so i was a I was a challenged teenager (laughs) shall we say that and uh so my parents kind of said hey so listen here kiddo what would you like to do there's always the option of boarding school and or an exchange Yikes. program yeah and I'm actually smart enough to know that boarding school uh, wouldn't have fit in there it just wasn't from our socioeconomic you know it, yeah. I would have I don't even know if they give scholarships or whatever <laughs> but that's the kind of I would it, would it have didn't worked. seem good to you no yeah. it didn't I wouldn't have fit well so um, then I wanted to go to an exchange program and my dad made sure his one caveat or his one thing that he wanted to say was I couldn't go to a country that spoke English because then it would take me a little while to get my feet under me better education right I would have a second language anyway so yeah I went to Brazil for a year in the middle of my uh half of my junior half of my senior year and that was an incredible experience so what's it like to get dropped in the middle of Brazil without speaking a word of Portuguese and have to go to high school the next day well, honestly, for a 16-year-old crazy girl, it was amazing and awesome. And I loved it. I did. I, um, I don't remember being frightened. I, I remember wow. just being super, super, super excited and glad to be out of my house because, you know, I was a... You didn't have to work at the cheese company anymore. Well, there was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. The family I went to live with didn't speak a word of English either. It was Rotary and they did an actual exchange. So their daughter went to like Idaho. Okay. I was having the time of my life in Rio de Janeiro, right? And she yeah. was just miserable in some like 300 occupancy town in Idaho. <laughs> I don't know. Poor girl. Um, anyway, so it was it was a phenomenal experience. I'm super, super glad I went. And I, I loved it. Thank you for asking. So then that. you moved, you came back to the States mm-hmm. and moved on to college, spent some mm-hmm. time, at, a little bit of time at SPU, and yep. then were a school teacher for yes. a while. Yeah. 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 I taught junior high and high school. Brave. Right. Brave woman. Well, it was funny because when I was going through SPU, part of how I got money was I would work before and after school care for the Shoreline School District. So I had second graders and all during the summer, too, when I didn't go back to the Peterson Company, if I had to, you know, get real good money, like, you know, doing some like cutting cheese and if there was something in a hurry or something, do that. So I did before and after school care. And I realized once I got into teaching junior high that there wasn't a big difference between seven year olds (laughs) and 13 year olds. Honestly, they were um, similar to me Uh uh, in a lot of ways, but it was fun. I loved it. It was good. Um, I was a really good school teacher. I was a really good um, high school teacher. I believe teacher. that. Yeah, I think I would have loved you as a teacher when you I was a kid. You would have loved me, yes. And I loved my kids. But that was that was a problem for me because um, I, first of all, I was super boring to talk to because all I talked about were my kids. Yeah. 
I'm literally, it was the first year I was married. I'm surprised I'm still married, honestly, because <laughs> Matt should have left me, divorced me and gone. Um, he's a, such a trooper. I would get to school at six in the morning because I just wanted to be there early and, you know, get everything set up. And mm-hmm. then I would stay till six at night, you know, and Matt was working really hard. So it worked out well that, you know, we were both busy, but, um, yeah. So the last year I worked, I was telling someone this the other day, it's funny. I don't, I try not to think about this too much. So I had a kid seriously threaten me, a high school boy seriously wow. threatened me. I had a high school boy commit suicide and I had a freshman and he was a junior and I had a freshman, um, girl get pregnant and I and I was so emotionally involved with all the kids mm-hmm. I thought um yeah this isn't for me it affected me so much I can't even tell you and yeah. I thought this yeah I gotta I gotta find <laughs> I gotta find something else to do yeah. also I'm not being paid anything and all my friends were making all this money in these startups you know mm-hmm. I mean it was just like crazy like three and four times what I was making and I felt that they weren't working as hard but I'm sure that they were but <laughs> Yeah. But the point is, teachers need to make more money, I think. Yeah, I think always. we can say that. I, think I, I don't think anyone fairly. within the sound of our voices is going to disagree with me. No, correct. So tell me about how, so then you had your own family, yep. and, and when did you say, okay, this cheese business, this family business. Oh, I business. never said that. I never said that. Never. Truly how, never. How did you find your way back to the Peterson Company? Uh, so my brother, um, so he... Um, I paved the way and did all the mistakes and he was very smart and he just watched me and said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So he was very smart. He went to high school. He went to college. He got out of college. um, And he also didn't want to work for the Peterson company. And he, like me, we had, you know, had had to work there at different times. Um, But my dad said, hey, how about you work for me just for five years? Because he had, he was doing other things um, that weren't career based things. Sure. I won't even tell you what he did because that'll right. offend somebody that I just said that. But um, anyway, and then my dad said, I'll give you five, give me five years and then see how you feel about the company. And, mm-hmm. and that was like 22 or 23 years ago. Right? Yeah. So he yeah. stayed. So my brother dutifully had been running the company and doing a really good job the whole time. So that was great. And for some reason, I don't know why he called me like five or six years ago and said, you know, you're an owner of this company. And I don't think about that because we don't get dividends. You know, you know I don't get a paycheck or something. Right. It's just kind of on paper tax purposes or something. Um, he said, you're an owner and you should really know what's going on. And I said, uh, why? I, like, I'm busy. I have church. I have school. I, you know, volunteering at those sure. things. I have what I don't. I don't really see the purpose. And he said, it's just not responsible to be a business owner, to own something. And you literally have no idea what's going on. Right. So why don't you come down at least to a management meeting like once a month and see, see what we're doing. And I was like, I don't know. Okay. I'll think about it. And, and then I did, and it was actually really interesting. And I sat there and I listened to people and, um, my curiosity was, you know, raised about certain subjects And then I left and I thought, okay, I'll come back in a month. But it kind of ate at me. And it's every Wednesday, right? So I'm like, well, maybe I'll go back. So the trajectory in my what was going to happen and Mm -hmm. what actually happened were very different. It went real fast. Then I kind of just got sucked in because I wanted to. And yeah, yeah, it, it just piqued my interest and I liked it. So wonderful. And so now you do all this travel. I do. A lot of travel for work. And now you have two teenagers in the same position that you and your brother were in. And now you have a boy and a girl. And I happen to know that you bring your kids with you quite a bit on your tour, both to Europe, to New Jersey, to um, sales meetings, to food shows. What's that like now that you're on the other end of all that? Oh, that's a really good question. 
And, you know, my son worked there this summer in the warehouse, right? Uh, which is hilarious. And my brother, who I adore, he uh, he and I room together. We share an office. And um, he's so funny because my son's name is Lachlan. So I said, hey, brother, I got to get Lachlan. You know, he needs money for his gas. He's going to drive for the first time. And I go to work every day. So why don't I just take him with? Then I would get to the carpool lane. It's all, you know, wonderful. And he goes, oh, yeah, my son will never work here. You know, like, <laughs> oh, sure. OK, yeah, I was here and, when you said that. Right. Totally. Yes. And he's like and then we had to get like a special permit because he's only 16 and we only allow people 18 and over. So we had to apply with the state. Anyway, he gives me a hard time all the time. You know, how's your, that son that will never work here? doing? <laughs> you know, um, anyway, bringing the kids. Yeah, it's it's. It's interesting. My daughter goes more with me because she's not in high school yet. And so anytime I can take her on a trip, I try to. And European trips, especially. The New Jersey ones, I don't take them to too much because to get out of school, to sit through meetings or walk through the warehouse isn't as educational, in my opinion. Sure. They can do that in Auburn if they need to. Yeah, it's amazing. And I love giving them that opportunity. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so, because that was like, I would never. Um, <laughs> And I think it really opens their eyes up to the world. For being a woman, I have to say, I want to show my daughter that I am doing something. I loved being at home. I think that's incredibly important. I'm glad I stayed home. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed that my husband made that a priority in our lives. And at the same time, I'm so glad I get to work when she, now that she's very independent and she has her friends and stuff. Yes. Um, but just to show her that women can do great things. And yeah. Um, outside of the home which is great to do in the home too but yeah and yeah, it sounds like she's great. taking to the cheese business uh, she's pretty, pretty well yeah, yeah she is um I have to say Lachlan it, it's funny because uh, my dad and uncle are very different my dad was always like meeting the customers and the clients and doing that sales part and my uncle always did the warehouse and he the word on the street is like people work for Peterson because they work for Chuck, you know, like yeah. maybe not word on the street, but yeah. at least in the warehouse, that's the word. He loves that part of it. And I would say when I look at my kids, not that I'm even saying they're going to go into the business, but Marin's more like she really enjoys like, why, why do we do that? Why do we buy from those people? Why don't we charge five cents more a pound, you know? And Lachlan's more like, um, hey, I think we can get six more pallets in here, you know, like, so he's yeah. more, he, he likes that operational type yeah. and she likes the relational type and they're both very relational and very operational in different ways but um so it's interesting yeah do you think being a family-run business actually changes how you do business oh absolutely oh thousand percent I mean when I talk about the people that work for me like I, I care and I think in the last uh, different conversation that you and I had something that I said like why do we do this like what's right. the point point? and right. why do we want to do it better and why do we want to make more money I recently read a book and it said that it's a really neat book called The Culture Code, if anyone wants a really interesting read. But it said getting a job at Zappos is harder than getting into Stanford, something like that. Yeah. And I want to be that company. I, I want to be I want people to want to work for us because they're treated incredibly well because they love what they do because mm -hmm. they have a voice because um, they have great benefits all that stuff so why why do a family business better and why not just steal all the profit and just let it chug on by and you know right. get better yourself that's not Brian and I aren't interested in that but it's because you have 250 families not even people but families depending right. on you and not you 250 can, employees no, but 250 families, families that you're yeah. taking care of as yeah. a business it's, yeah it's pretty phenomenal perspective it is and that's why I want to be better and do better and listen and study and and it's just fun I mean a family business so you have that all responsibility and it's all on you know my dad my uncle me and my brother and that's amazing right but 
then looking at the families that work for you too, they're amazing. And you can really right. get to know them. It's not corporate. It's not, you can care like, um, well, there, there's a lot, there's a thousand stories, right? Yeah. But um, great things happen to people and bad things happen to people. And it's great to be able to be there and be kind of a second family to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too like, but some people say that work for us, they'll say, gosh, this feels like a, a family to me too. And I love that. That is like the biggest compliment. And you spend 40 and 50 hours a week. Right. Holy mackerel, right? You better. Yeah. I hope it's. And and knowing that if something major happens to your family, good or bad, positive or negative, that your that your employer will care about that. They may or may not be able to do anything about it. But the fact that they will care, I think, is a it's almost like the Industrial Revolution. It's our second cycle through that. I Mm -hmm. feel like this Mm -hmm. information and, you know, age of of automation and it's unique to find an employer who truly cares about who you are as a person. And I think people will stay. I do. Because of that. I hope so. Thank you so much for being here today. I always have so much fun chatting with you, but I have one last question. Okay. Knowing now what it's like a lifetime of generational family business, if it was just you, would you start a family business now? That's a very good question. And I absolutely would. Yes. We hope you liked today's interview and learned something along the way. From Amanda and Kyle, we ask you to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep bringing you these personal stories with universal impact. See you soon.